0: Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for this opportunity to worship you together today. Thank you for the gift, Lord, of, that we get to gather in this body, Lord, and, and share our hope in you. We pray that you would speak to us today, Lord God, that you would open our ears and our hearts that we might hear you and receive you. Please place your words in my mouth that I might faithfully proclaim them, and we pray that you would do great and mighty things today among us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Morning! Morning. It's so good to see you all today. Well, glasses. Why do we wear these things? I mean, I don't wear these things, obviously. These are not helping me. These are my daughter's dress-up glasses. Because they're fancy. But, you wear them to see things. Why do you want to see things? Clearly, you want to see them clearly. Why? Why? To understand, yeah? I mean, is it helpful to be able to read street signs, maybe? Or to tell your dog from your cat? Or, you know, a tree from your neighbor? Your dog from your son? Yeah, depending on how bad the vision is. Yeah, glasses help us, right? They help us because they give us that clarity that we might not have on our own. They allow us to see things as they truly are. And that's a helpful thing, isn't it? Yeah, when you're trying to pick out something at the buffet. Right? It's helpful to know what you're selecting there, right? And glasses allow you to see those kind of things. I think that connects with our gospel passage for today, where Jesus is speaking to a group of people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. What a nice group of people to speak with, don't you think? You know, we all love hanging out with people like this. Uh, They would be described as self-righteous. People who think they've got it all together and that others don't. You always feel a little worse when you spend time with someone who wants to point out your mistakes and their successes. Um, Jesus, though, spent time with them because he spent time with everybody. And he tells them a story, a story or a parable. He says, two men went up to the temple to pray, which is how all good Jewish jokes began at that time. Right? There's two guys going up to the temple to pray. Uh, one was a Pharisee, and the other was a tax collector. One was from like this, the elite group of Jews at the time. Uh, those were the Pharisees. And the other was from the worst possible group, the tax collectors. Right? They both go to the same place to pray, to pray to the same God. And the Pharisee hits first. He says, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like that tax collector, I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. Then comes the tax collector, who stood far off and would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now let's assume that these two are being honest about themselves. Because Jesus is telling the story and gives no indication that he thinks they're describing themselves wrongly. Um, According to their own description, the Pharisee is a person who was not a thief, not a rogue, not an adulterer, not a tax collector. Right? This is the kind of person you want your kids to hang out with, right? Right? We don't smoke or drink or chew or spend time with people who do. Right? That's... This is a guy, he would fit right in that group, right? He would be the kind of guy, you would not be worried about the Pharisee having your kids out too late at night, right? You would, they'd be right back at home on time, punctually, probably 15 minutes early, just to be careful, right? He stays away from the bad stuff. And in addition, he fasts twice a week. What does that mean? Does that mean he ran? He goes all day not eating, eating, right? And why why would the Jews do this? And why do Christians do this still? Yeah, and what else? The focus on God, that's right. It was a time where you would deny your flesh and remember God in prayer. And he gives a tenth of his income to God, which Buzz will get to later, right? (laughs) Uh, He'll be speaking at the peace time. Uh, This guy has it squared away. This Pharisee has it squared away. No matter how uppity he might sound to us, he certainly does the right stuff. And people in his time who would see him walking around would go, Ah, that guy. He has it all together. I wish I could be like him. Right? Anyone ever go anyone go to the gym to work out? <laughs> There's those people in the gym, you know, who walk around and you're like, ah, that person, man. You know, usually the, the guys are a little puffed up walking around, you know. Like you see him and you're like, wow. That person is incredible. They must work out all the time. You know, they're like throwing weights around like a silverback gorilla and stuff, right? It's like this was that how that people would have seen that Pharisee. He was he had it squared away. And he knew it. And he wasn't afraid to tell God about it. The other guy, this tax collector, what do we know about tax collectors? They take your money, right? And they I think were even less popular then than they are now, which is startling. Right. He um, and who was he taking? Who was he collecting money from? Everyone, but particularly the Jews. Right. And he was a Jew as well. So he was taking money from his own people. And who was he giving the money to? The Romans. Right. And do you think the Jews liked having the Romans get all their money? No, why not? The Romans were nice. They had all like the Colosseum and all that kind of fun stuff. Well, they were oppressing Israel, right? They were the one, they were the occupying force in Israel. And they were, it, this taxation was a tangible reminder that, that the Jews were not their own people, that they were not free. And nobody likes to be reminded that they were not free. And frequently tax collectors took a little extra. What do you think they kept this for? Themselves, that's right. It a college fund for their kids. Right? They, they kept a little extra for them. And so nobody likes the tax collectors because they were often thought to be corrupt. And his prayer to God does nothing to dispel this perception. He says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He even admits he's a sinner, right? Self-implication. He admits he's a sinner. Man, God is totally going to fry this guy, isn't he? I mean, he's already a tax collector. Then he admits he's a sinner. I mean, I bet everyone was moving away from him because they thought the lightning bolt was coming at any second, right? He didn't even try to sugarcoat it or get a good defense attorney or prepare, like, remarks to explain why it was okay he was a sinner or that he'd been trying real hard. But what happens next is truly fascinating because Jesus says... I tell you, this tax collector went down to his home justified rather than the other. How can that be? How can that be? Right? That this tax collector ends up being justified where the super Pharisee is not. How can that be? This guy's just making a royal mess of his life. How could he be justified? How could he be justified? The reason is, is that what the tax collector said and the way the tax collector saw his life is what the Pharisee should have said and the way the Pharisee should have looked at his life as well. They both were sinners in need of God's grace. Regardless of how much good stuff the best people do, sin still resides in every person. And the only way to get rid of sin is through Jesus Christ. Sin is not just something we do, like driving a car or going to a baseball game. It's not something we can just stop like that. It's something that is deeply ingrained inside of each and every one of us. You see, that Pharisee, he was just trying to outwork sin. He was just trying to to prove that he proved to God that he was a righteous person, proved that he could do enough good things to offset the balance of his life, right? People often see their life like it's in a scale, right? Their actions, good actions on one side, bad actions on the other. You get enough good on it, what happens? God likes you, right? God likes you, you get heaven, right? That's how people, many people see their life, and they do enough bad, then they got to work on the scale again. That's how the Pharisees saw his life. That's why he spent his morning comparing himself to other people, right? God, if, if I got the scale here, tax collectors, obviously, he's not done good stuff. He's done a lot of bad, so he's way down here. But I, I have done so much better than him, and so obviously I should be found righteous. The problem is, is that there is not enough good stuff to do to win the war with sin. You just can't do it what this pharisee didn't realize was that for him to win the war against sin he would have to die because sin was that deeply seated within him and though millennia have passed since his parable was told we are in the exact same place sin cannot be worked out of us by effort this rigid pursuit of the law leads us down the path to self-righteousness. But there's another way. A way which is so painfully obvious that it's avoided by many. Just like we need glasses to see things clearly, we need to be given the ability from God to see ourselves To see ourselves as this tax collector saw himself, to see our broken hearts and the sin that resides therein. And then all that is required of us is that we humbly confess God, be merciful to me, a sinner. There is nothing else required. That tax collector was not justified because he was deep down a really great guy stuck in a dead-end job, and God saw that and was okay with it. He was justified because he turned to God in humility and received the grace that Jesus Christ offers to everyone through his blood shed on the cross. We in the church need to remember this parable. Because I know for myself that according to the description, I was in the audience that day that Jesus spoke it. For he spoke to those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. I myself, and you might be as well, a Pharisee. I'm a person who does that, who struggles with that. And all I can do when faced with this parable is echo the words of the tax collector god be merciful to me a sinner let's pray lord god thank you that the simplest path is the path you call us to the path lord of accepting our brokenness lord confessing it to you and receiving your grace in return Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to prove our worthiness to you for you to love us or for you to redeem us. Lord, before we were lovable, you offered your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Help us, Lord God, to receive this good news, to receive the news, Lord, that we are set free from sin and death through faith in you. Help us to trust that this simple way is the way that you call us to go. May we confess to you our need for you, our longing for you, and may we receive your grace, Lord God, and place this message upon our lips that we might share it with others, Lord, because we live in a world and among people who desperately need to hear a word of hope. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.